This is CliffCentral.com. A beautiful day to you all and welcome to yet another edition of The Open Book. My name is Lois Obala and uh, it really is just a, you know, just a beautiful week. Um, unfortunately, we are pre-recording today, but uh, this is a fresh subject that I'm sure most of you are going to be interested in. Now, over the past few weeks, um, the subject of sex has really crept up quite a bit in our conversations and uh, also through some messages that uh, that we've received. And so I thought before I even move on to something else that I should dedicate this show to tackling this issue. Now, we need to tread carefully on how we present this issue because I don't want to make it seem like I'm encouraging sex or that I'm against it, but that we, and when I say we, I mean, you know, our guests here today, myself including our guests, but that we try by all means to speak and to search the biblical truth in this matter. Secondly, there's also a danger of us misinterpreting the Bible verses. Um, just last week, I actually read a story about a couple who raped a 13-year-old girl for five years. They locked her up in the basement, and they actually used the Bible to justify their evil actions. And so another request I also would like to just ask my guests is that if any of us say something that you don't necessarily agree with um, and you feel like it might, it might in some way mislead our listeners, please feel free to air your thoughts. It's very much, oh, you know, it's allowed. That's why this is called the open book. Um, it is about the word and obviously your honesty. Now, God didn't create sex just for procreation. No, God is not a boring God. And um, there are reasons for all those other nice things that, you know, one goes through um, during this experience. The Bible's, uh, the biblical purpose of sex is multifaceted because God has given sex to us as a means of glorifying him as we fulfill its design for procreation, intimacy, comfort, and physical pleasure. So, yes. Of course, procreation is one of these, but it's not the only things, um, as it is revealed in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, which says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. A picture of intimacy is painted in, uh, in the book of Songs, Songs of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 6, and it says, um, Let his left hand, this is the, the wife speaking. Let his left hand be under my head and his right hand embrace me. That's a picture of intimacy. A picture of companionship when it comes to, uh, to sex is, uh, is revealed in Songs 3, Chapter 1. Man, this, uh, the Songs of Solomon, whew. I remember the first time I read that, I was like, what? This is in the Bible? Um, not that I've read the book, but I can imagine that like it's probably like a chapter out of, um, out of, uh, what's that book called again? Fifty Shades, Fifty Shades of Grey. But anyway, so companionship. Songs chapter 3 verse 1 says, On my bed night, after night, I sought him whom my soul loves. And then physical pleasure in the Bible is revealed in Proverbs chapter 5 verse 18 and 19. Um, it says, Rejoice with the wife of your youth. Let her own breasts intoxicate you at all times. With her love, may you be in ecstasy constantly. Yep. So now you can see that, uh, you know, God is not a boring God who just made sex just for procreation. Now, to these sexual pleasures, of course, there are some limitations. 
Although the Bible doesn't say really outright that sex before marriage is wrong, it does allude to a point where it is obvious that it is not acceptable. And it is kind of, you know, pretty, pretty obvious as well. Um, most verses in the Bible when speaking about sex and its pleasures speak mostly about it, if not all the time, um, it, be, it being between a husband and a wife. Um, first Corinthians, I think probably the best example is first Corinthians chapter seven, verse one and two. Um, but I know that, you know, one of my guests will want to elaborate on this. So we'll get to it a bit later. But another good one is first Corinthians chapter seven, verse three. Yes, I've got to speak in scripture so that you guys are absolutely sure that this stuff is in the Bible. It says husbands and wives should satisfy each other's sexual needs. Husbands and wives, husbands, husbands. If I can just say husbands once again, and the reason I'm saying that is because, you know, somehow it always seems like, you know, sex is for the pleasure of just, of just, uh, of just husbands, but it's also for the wives. And the Bible says husbands and wives should satisfy each other's sexual needs. Now, some of the questions that I would like um, for us to find answers to um, as best we can today, amongst many other questions are number one, is sex exclusive to just husbands and wives? Number two, why is sex before marriage wrong? If it is wrong, because we're going to discuss that as well. And we're going to get into some other points like, um, is masturbation a sin? Number four, what about pornography? I know that some of these things just seem quite obvious, but I think it's important that we actually ask these questions because we need to know the truth about it. Yep. So, yeah, things are going to be uh, get quite heated today. So, uh, parents, get your kids out the room as we talk about sex here on The Open Book. And we'll be back after this. Back in studio today and uh, by popular demand, well, by my demand, you see, the thing is, the subject last week was overcoming temptation. And this really seemed to, um, this subject kind of, it was starting to creep in, you know, that about sex into into our conversation. And um, and I felt like our time was really, really cut short. And so I thought, I'm going to, uh, to invite Pastor Dave Reinecke back to the mic. He likes to just be called Dave. So today you just Dave, right? You my mate Dave. That's okay? right. Okay. <laughs> and um, I know that you know, like I know that you um, you do uh, you do quite a series on this every year, as you told me earlier on. Yes. So we actually do um, something almost every year called Boy Meets Girl, which mm-hmm. is about relationships. And what we like to do on those weeks is um, we push the pulpit to the side, and we bring on some couches. And we get a phone number up on the screen and we start taking questions live during the service. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's very easy as church leaders to just be speaking into these things theoretically, you know, and with good intention, we even get into, well, these are the things that the Bible says about it. And, and that's fine. But the, you know, what I loved about Jesus is he found that he found the intersection between what's true and yeah. where people are at, you know, he made things accessible he used parables he asked questions he answered yeah. questions he walked around and so what we've loved during those series is you sit there it's unscripted and you get an sms uh, i'll give you one example yeah just to show you how real it gets and maybe it's good to start with this example because it shows you that there's you know we could sit here on the air and say well this is right and this is wrong and this is right and this is wrong um, but people have questions that are even deeper than that yeah. So I'll give you one example. Someone texts us and the, the thing says, the SMS comes in and it says, okay, so I'm a uh, sort of a 35 year old woman mm-hmm. and I was abused as a child. 
And then later on in life, I got involved with a man and things got pretty serious. We really loved each other. We thought maybe this is, you know, legit. This is for real. Uh, maybe we're going to get married. And just at that point, I felt like, you know, maybe it would be good for me to be honest with him about what I've been through. Yeah. And so I shared it with him. Is this all an SMS? Only this is a, this is a text SMSs. message. I kid you not. <laughs> Jeez. And, um, and right there, he rejected her. That wow. was it. You know, that was kind of like things got weird and the relationship ended. So the, the question in the text message was, it's been a few years since then. I've sort of recovered from that. Yeah. I met another guy. Things have gotten serious again. I'm now at that point where I was back then. Mm -hmm. And now I want to know, should I tell him or not? Because yeah. I've had this experience. Mm. You know, so the, so the questions that you get from people from their real actual life, you'll get another SMS from a 50-year-old lady. They've been married 20 years. You know, the husband's gained weight. Their sex life is just not happening anymore, at least from her side, especially the attraction's gone. And, and then the, the text message ends, so what do I do? You know, so that's mm. where people are really at. Mm. And I think Christianity needs to move beyond just this is right, this is wrong. Absolutely. Go and do it. To, hey, life is real. Mm. Mm. You know, life is in Hollywood. Mm. People have real questions. I don't know if you've seen the Hollywood scenes where people wake up under the sheets yeah, and they're yeah. not—they're not wearing anything, right? Real life isn't like that. People put their clothes back on, they brush their teeth, Absolutely. <laughs> they go make some, people, some coffee. Some people put their clothes on back just right after. Having, <laughs> some you know? people don't really take their clothes <laughs> off during. <laughs> so in winter time. So I'm just saying, life is real. And, Absolutely, uh, and we want to be real about sex as well. No, I think that's awesome. You know, the thing is, I could have just uh, in the opening of this, if you um, if you missed that, just go to the podcast and um, and uh, and just listen to it again. You know, that's why I thought, okay, cool. Let me just lay most of the scriptures down. Do you know what I mean? And then let's see how those sort of apply to life. I like the example you made about, about Jesus making it about everyday, the everyday life. Mm. That's why so many people could just, could just identify with those stories. But yet everything that he said, they, they it was full of scripture, you know, mm. whether those parables were, um, were sort of true or not. I mean, it's not like, you know, for you to have answered that 35, your old woman, you didn't have to be a 35 year old woman, you know, mm. but the thing is you could at least identify with that in, uh, in one way or the other. All right, cool. Pastor Dave, let's talk about sex. <laughs> let's talk about sex, baby. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, why, uh, what is the purpose? I mean, like, um, to you, what is the purpose of, uh, of sex? I think you said it very well. Uh, you know, there's definitely the relational aspect where it builds intimacy. Mm hmm. Um, and if you've had sex, you can, you can definitely identify with that. It does build intimacy. It builds your relationship. And I think that's actually, especially once you're married, an aspect that's often neglected. Um, but then there's the enjoyment side, the physical pleasure, which you, you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, there's procreation, which is obviously a big part of it. And then there's glorifying God. You know, when you build a relationship with someone, when you're intimate with someone, um, but what I really liked about what you said is when you said it's for it's for mutual pleasure. Yeah. Where a lot of the time we build these sort of um, preconceived ideas and media does actually um, help this. It builds these preconceived ideas that um, that sex is only for the pleasure of men. And mm. I think that's a holy cow that just needs to be shot in the head. And uh, we need to be very clear that it is supposed to be mutually pleasurable. 
And so, so when you talk about the purpose of sex, I take it one step further and I say one of the purposes of it is for two people to be able to show love for the other one. Yeah. To serve the other one mm-hmm. through sex, to, to give them pleasure, to show their love to that person. And that can't be a one-way street. If mm. it is, then it's just it's become another way of being selfish. Okay. It's just another way for the man to be selfish. And I think that men need to know that women want to experience sexual pleasure. It's, they're made to experience sexual pleasure. Mm, mm. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I did before I got married is I, I got one of those uh, books, you know, yeah. Christian sex books and diagrams, everything. And let me tell you, it's good. It's good to learn about it. It's good to, yeah, to it's good to get to know your your spouse that way and to understand yeah. how it all works. It's you know a lot of the 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 sort of pleasure side of sex. It's biology. You know, it's mm, something. Mm. And and you one of your things I know you wanted to talk about is why should it be, you know, for marriage only? And That's I what think, I was going to ask next. I think yeah. one of the beauties of it being in marriage is that you've then got your whole life to learn about each other. People are like, and I remember when I got married, yeah. people are like, well, how do you know it's going to work out? You know, because a lot of the time people think that you should, um, you know, you should sleep with people before you get married because then at least you know yeah, whether says, you are sexually say, compatible. Yeah, they usually say, uh, you need to, you know, like, how can you buy a car without having test driven it? Right. I've heard that before. I just so, and, and when we did some our some guy must have come up with that. <laughs> and when we did our series, that's like one of the top questions. You almost yeah. get that every day, every yeah. time you do the, the series. And, and the thing is, um, that's that is the the problem there is that you think good sex comes from being compatible. Mm-hmm. That's the problem there, which it doesn't. Good sex comes from wanting to serve the other person and giving it time to learn about each other. If you go into a sexual relationship with a commitment to using the sex as a way to love and to build intimacy, mm-hmm. as a way for you to serve that person, to give them pleasure, yeah. That's going to help you a lot to succeed. And secondly, if you're willing over time to learn what do they like, what don't they like, how can you do it? Yeah. Again, now you've got two key ingredients for success. And so the beautiful, um, mutually beneficial sex that comes out of that kind of relationship mm. is much more powerful than just, oh, we happen to be quite compatible. True that. True that. I, 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 I've actually got to tell you a story because, um, because I think, you know, when, when, when my wife, you know, like when my wife and I decided to get married, I decided to rededicate my life to Christ. You know, I had been, I had been sexual active, um, being, you know, um, before, before marriage. And, uh, when we decided that, well, you know, when we decided and, 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 and the pastor who was, um, who was, what you call it again when they speak to you before you get married? Premarital counseling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was counseling us. Um, he asked us and we had to just be honest or like, yeah, we, we have been. Well, maybe not for the past week, which <laughs> is probably a bit of a lie, but, uh, but not for the past week. And then he says, listen, I suggest you guys probably stop up, up until you get married, you know? So I thought, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to do it because it's just the right thing. But do you know how much more I learned about my wife? Over that time, because suddenly there wasn't this thing called sex in between us. Look, it is a powerful, I'm going to call it a medium when it comes to, you know, like when it comes to sex before marriage. Um, but, but the thing is a lot of the times when we meet people, instead of actually, um, you know, getting to know them, what you're actually doing is that we're having sexual interviews. You know, like with them. So mm-hmm. you never actually get to really, really know the person. So I think for the sake of the marriage, it's always better. 
it's always better just not to. Um, so, so well, that's my reason, but I, but I want but I want to hear your reason. Why should unmarried people, um, you know, not have sex? Well, I think that um, you need to ask who you're speaking to. If mm-hmm. you're speaking to believers, the answer is first of all because the Bible instructs you not to. So that should usually be a good enough reason because out of that will come a lot of benefits that's hard to articulate because the Bible says God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts and he loves us. So if he says, hey, I don't think you should do this, you better believe there's a million reasons. Yeah. Okay. And good ones. Um, So that should be, as a believer, that should be already a big deal to you. You know, you should respect the Bible. Uh, you should look to it for, for wisdom and counsel and you should trust God. You should trust that he mm-hmm. loves you and he's got your, your best, uh, you know, at his, in his heart. But moving beyond that, I think that the practical reason that you brought up yeah. is probably number one, where it's very hard to build a healthy friendship with someone when you're mixing sex in there. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it'll probably initially be mostly about that. And you've missed out on that opportunity to just dial that down a little bit. It's kind of like creating noise so you can't hear anything else. Mm-mm. Just dial it down. Get to know that person. <laughs> you know, and let me tell you, and the relationship is, is very hard to build when you're having sex with someone. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like that friend that you used to have and then suddenly you're having sex with her. Suddenly things are just not the same anymore and they will never ever be, you know, like they'll never ever be the same. And some of the times you actually lose a good friend who would have been, you know, so much benefit to you, you know, in terms of uh, what they would tell you all because you had sex, you know, like you had sex with them. And by all means, have sex with your friends, but marry them first. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. You know? Well, not all of them, but just one. Well, yes. <laughs> so, in other words, marry yeah. your best friend. Yeah. I think that's a great, you know, foundation for a marriage is, to, is friendship. I think it's the best foundation for marriage is friendship. Um, I mean, there's different seasons in life. You'll have kids. One of you will be sick, then the other one will be sick. There'll be ups and downs. And you won't even always be able to have sex, but you'll always be able to be friends. And I think that's one of the reasons why having friendship as a foundation for your relationship Mm. is phenomenal. I love it when I speak to couples and they say, I married my best friend. Absolutely. It's a fantastic, fantastic recipe for for marriage. And it sounds so good as well. Mm. You know, there's even a song about it. Yeah. Should try and find that song. Um, one last question and and then we're going to go into a break. Why, uh, what should unmarried people do to avoid having sex? Okay. So there's a few. Um, let me start by saying that the best way to, to answer that is to reframe the question. Cause you're saying, what should they do to avoid having sex? No, because I know that a lot of the times it's, I, it's the one thing that's literally like it's in, a, yeah. in their forehead. Do you know it's why? Like, because a lot of the things that the Bible says, try not, not just to, young, yeah, well, unmarried, yeah. Just a lot of young. the things that the Bible says, try not to do this, try not to do that. It's it's outside of the natural flow of life. You know, like I don't need to steal to mm-hmm. live. Yeah. But when it comes to things like gluttony or sexual immorality, well, you need to eat. So you can't avoid food entirely. So it means it's something that you're going to have to find a healthy way of expressing, you know, your desire to eat. And sex is the same. Yeah. Um, so, so, and that's why I'm saying, even saying avoid sex, sure, you know, the Bible says he who finds a wife finds a, finds good, a thing. good thing. Yeah. So for me, grow up, meet someone, get married, and have as much sex as you want. Hmm. Is a much better plan than just trying to avoid having sex. I think you should try and have sex. And the way to have it is find someone. 
Get to know them. Yeah. Marry them as quickly as you can. Build a life together and have sex. Don't have so so so. I'm I'm answering your question, but let me yeah. put it to you this way: some of the ways then to avoid not doing that, don't be engaged for seven years. Woo. It's a recipe for sexual immorality. <laughs> I know you people know? who are still engaged, saying, "You know, we don't believe in uh, we don't believe in marriage." But I guess probably another another that, subject that's for all, another time. That's a whole yeah. other subject. But I would say, don't be engaged for too long. Don't start with sex and then try and build a friendship on top of that. Yeah, because the thing is that temptation, especially if that, you know, if that's what you're thinking about, especially the temptation is quite, is quite strong. Just, you know, you're literally, I mean, you're literally building a ground for, uh, for, for that temptation to just, you know, to just overcome you. Yeah. In a, in a way. And, and I think that people always have a million reasons not to get married. Rather find some reasons to get married. Figure Absolutely. it out, you know, especially to the guys out there, I would say, figure it out. Yeah. If you want to be the leader in your home someday, lead them into marriage now. Figure it out. Uh, go get a job right now. Even if it's not your best favorite job, go get one. Mm. Go get a job. Work out a budget. Work out a plan. Talk about it. Say we want to yeah. be married in two years from now. Mm. Let's work Absolutely. towards that. If that means we have a smaller wedding, then let's have a smaller wedding. If that means we get traditionally married first yeah. and then at least we move in together and then we have a white wedding later or whatever. But work it out, you work know. Out, yeah. Even now, this year I've married couples like that, where they said, "This is our goal: is to get married. We're going to do it like this." The one's going to have three weddings. They had the traditional one, mm-hmm. they had a small church ceremony, and then they'll have a proper white wedding with a big ceremony later. Yeah, but that's what they could Which afford. But what they've done is they've gotten married. Can yeah. you tell you they're going to be living together and uh, experiencing the beauty of sex, even within the the environment that God created for it. Mm. And they're going to get on with their life and they're going to be there for each other and mm. there won't be a lot of guilt associated with it. So I think that's fantastic. But in terms of managing your relationship, because that's what we're talking about. Yeah. We always talk about words, actions, and time. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that will either accelerate or decelerate your relationship. It'll either turn the temperature up or turn it down. Mm. So two weeks into, into dating someone, you start telling them you love them. We're talking about words. Yeah. That'll accelerate the relationship. Try not sleeping with someone if you're constantly telling them, you're the only one for me. You're my dream person. I can't believe I found you. I love you more than the moon, the stars, and the sun. You know, words will accelerate. So be careful with your words. Yeah. Because you don't yet know if it's your wife, but now you've told her she's the only one for you. Yeah. So someday you're going to maybe meet someone else and tell them the exact same thing. Hmm. So, so words is one way. And I know this is kind of well, strange because, because maybe… You're the only one for me now. Yeah, right you know now. I mean? It's kind of like the iPhone yeah, but 4. That wouldn't, the iPhone but that 4 is revolutionary yeah. until for now. Until it's but the thinnest phone we've well. ever made for now. You know, you, you are the only one for me for now. For now. Okay, cool. You know what? We're going to come back. We're going to come back after this. Uh, I've got another awesome guest in the studio. And uh, after that, you know, I think maybe just the three of us, we're really going to get into the nitty gritties of all those other little things that, uh, that we try to avoid when speaking about sex and Christianity. So, yeah, we'll be back after this. Stay with us right here on Cliff Central. And this is The Open Book. I knew this young lady. Uh, She's not that young anymore. But I guess when she was probably still a girl on on, on your TV, um, a very well-known presenter. Her name is Rory Sang. Tandegiso. Tandegiso. No, I need to say Tegiso. Who's Tegiso? That's... It's so close. 
Yeah, well, but you Kwasa, so I don't know okay, how go. you got that wrong. But <laughs> Rory Sang, Rory Sang, because I just know you by your first name. Yeah. I, I know even by a shortened version Rory. of your name, Rory. Rory. Um, and uh, and she's now a content producer at mm. uh, at at One Gospel. Yeah. And uh, she has many other shows as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in hand. So I mean, like you've done, you've done so so well, and people, you know, people really really know you yeah, a lot. You thank know? God. <laughs> so thank you for taking the for, thank, thank you for taking the time. Thank and you being for having me. I got someone famous. Oh my goodness! Today, She's the know? other famous person. <laughs> This is the other other okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. So um so so we did a we did another show last week, a TV show, mm. and um and you and you revealed something about yourself that obviously yeah. came as a as a not as a shock, but I guess today you don't really quite hear it. Yeah. You know that much anymore. Yeah. Um, of all the things you've achieved, the one thing I I I, I admire you for is for the fact that in this industry you've remained pure. Is yes. that is that since I mean like is that is, is that maybe for the past ten for the past ten years or no, 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 or no. never ever never ever never ever ever never never ever ever yeah now you know what now everybody twenty six and still going strong Seriously? glory yes oh, that's definitely glory <laughs> um, Rory mm. you. Uh, y- I believe that everyone at some stage, you know, especially especially those of us in the in the twenties, well, late twenties and thirties, sort of decided that you know, like, had decided that you know, we're not going to have sex um, before before marriage. Mm. Um, I know, you know, I know, I'd made that decision once before because because it was cool, you know. Even at some point, I think about a few years ago, people had these rings, yeah, you know, um, and it was not only just um, it, it was not only just just Christians who wore those. Yeah. Um, there were there were famous boy band groups, you know, like who you know, like who wore those rings as well. So it was literally like a cool thing. Yeah. But you look at today, and you look at you know, like the amount of sex, you know, like that it's people speak about. Yeah, yeah, it's like complete a complete one eighty. So what at what point did you decide that you're going to remain pure? Was it was it a decision, or is it still a decision that you make? Um. I sort of like, I think it's so true that a lot of people when we're young and back then, obviously it was made cool. Purity was cool. Everybody, like you were saying, had purity rings. But I think for me personally, my journey is growing up in a Christian home. Obviously, you know what the word says about it and your parents are obviously encouraging it and the church is encouraging it. Um, but I think for me, when, cause there was something called the silver ring thing. Uh, yes, which yeah, came to SA, yeah. Silver Ring thing was such a cool movement. Um, I think they came from the States, so would move around to different churches around South Africa, just promoting purity. Uh, you'd get a ring, you'd get a little Bible, but more importantly, you came to these shows and they would do like drama skits and performances, dances, where they actually taught Mm-hmm. Uh, as what the word says about purity And they dealt with a lot of things They dealt with how to deal with it at school They dealt with um, if you've already had sex You know, is it are you a hopeless case? Where do you then go? So like all other 14 year old kids who were in there I raised up my hand, signed the pledge Got my ring, got my Bible And that became my journey But for me, I think when I really, really took the decision for myself mm. Is when I got to varsity I think wow. when you're a kid, mostly it's because That's what the Bible says and then you're scared of your parents. <laughs> it's mm. fear. It's mostly mm. driven by fear. But when I got to varsity, I was like, yo, man, I can have sex twice a day, every single day. And my mother would never know. So there's no mom. Yeah. You know? And I'm not at my home church. I'm at a new church. I'm in CRC in Pretoria where the kids are cool. You know what I mean? Like I'm in a different space. I don't really have any accountability to anybody at this church yet. So I can have my way. So I think for me, I had to then, that's when I made the decision that, um, 
you know what? Um, this is something that I want to do. That's the first time I actually researched it. Yeah. That's the first time I was like, Lord, this is something I want to do. Give me the grace. Give me the strength to do it. Um, and give me, give me the confidence to wear it boldly, you mm. know? And, and I think for me, that's when my conviction settled in. I got to a point where it doesn't matter what anybody else says about it. Me and God are cool <laughs> with yeah. that. And what are the, and what are the reasons? I mean, you know, because we hear so many reasons of, on, on why we should have sex. Yeah. You know, sometimes we don't even have to hear it. We have to just see it. Yeah. It's like, oh, that looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, so what are, if you had to convince someone. Yeah. Not to, what would your reasoning be? Oh, that's a very difficult one because, yeah. um, like for me, like, I, like, and that's why I use the word conviction. I yeah. feel like anything that you, 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 you stand on will get tested. So if mm. I do the convincing game with you and I'm like, Louiso, I'm convincing you. This is my, you know, my sell point. You really got to do this. Mm. Um, when the time for you to get tested, what are you standing on? Are you standing on my word or on God's word? You know, so for me, playing mm. the selling game is not going to work. What I can tell you about is Jesus. What I can tell you about is my walk with God. What I can tell you about is my conviction. And I pray that God gives you your own conviction that you will stand on. And conviction is word. It's rema. It's when you read something or you read the word of God and it becomes real to you. You know, even if my mom turns around and says, my daughter, you're 26 now, like, go ahead, do your thing. I still wouldn't. Because it's not my conviction. My conviction is that one, I want to honor God and his word. Second, I want to honor myself. You know, and I think that that answers your question. Why would I want to wait? I want to honor God and yeah. his word. Secondly, I want to honor myself because a lot of people think girls wait because they're waiting for the right guy. You know, whether the right guy comes or not, whether he comes when I'm 28, when I'm 30, that becomes irrelevant. I'm honoring myself. Am I able to make a decision and stand on it? You know, am yeah. I able to 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 do something for me? And stick to it. Because a lot of people will back out on themselves, mm, you know, and I want so. to honor me. And thirdly, you know, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Then when he's ready to find me, I'm the good thing he's waiting for, you know. So it, it's in that order. Honor so, God, myself, then him. So are you out, I mean, like, so are you out looking for a guy who's also, who's also a virgin? Not or? at all, sir. Because, Not at all. Yeah. I used to think that. I think when okay. I was a bit younger, that used to be like, I'm a vision. I'm a friend of vision. Uh, uh, but like I said, it's a journey with God. Like God will reveal certain things. I think I came to a point where I realized that, Lord, I took a decision to stand on your word. That's me and you. What That's other awesome. people do. It becomes like it becomes like okay, cool. I'm not going to be a part of that. For me, what I'm mostly focusing on when I find, when he finds me, rather, sorry, when he finds me, yeah, I pray that he's a God fearing man, that he's filled with the Holy Spirit, that he yeah. is seeking God's heart, that he is everything that God has planned out for him to be as a husband to me. That's all I need to know. Mm. You know, that's all I need. That is so. That is so beautiful. You know, uh, one of the reasons, um, or. Or, 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 or sort of like one of the things that came to me when I when I decided that I was going to get married, because I think everyone, you kind of go out there and you look for the perfect, le- uh, you know, like for the perfect list mm. and for the person who's going to irritate you the least. Mm. Obviously, I haven't <laughs> come out of relationships, and um, <clears throat> and so and so my being married, as much as it was about myself and my wife, it was about me 
and God. It was mm. like, you know, for me, I felt like it was strengthening that relationship yeah. between me and God and that anything that I do within my marriage has, you know, like it, it, it is to glorify God. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So as much as yes, there's a third person who's my, who's my wife, but somehow that connection between, you know, like that connection between God yeah. is what is going to keep me accountable for the things that I do. That's so and true. I guess then, you know, like, and, and then I guess in that way, if my wife does irritate me, do you know what I mean? Which obviously, I mean, like in a relationship, when you're going to be together forever, well, close to forever. Hypothetically, right? Because yeah. <laughs> this has never happened. Yeah, this has never happened, yeah. Me? What if, no. What if? Yeah. We don't know what happens. You know, what if Jesus comes tomorrow and it's like, there she is forever. You're not going to die. Like, Ugh. okay, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. But I thought, you know, the thing is, um, my actions towards her should not be dependent on how she acts towards me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, um, so, so how I love, you know, how I exercise my love to my wife, yeah. you know, make sure that I do the things that are going to, going to please her. And there is quite a list. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you gotta know it's that. It's not going to be dependent. So it's not be like, oh, you know what? Today she really cheesed me off. So I'm actually not going to do this. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because it's not about it. And, and I don't mean this in a, you know, negative way, but it's not about her, but it's all about God. Yeah. You know, who's the source? Who's yeah. the source for our marriage? Because so God I has think, instructed you to love her in a certain mm. way. So at the end of the day, you are accountable to God. No, absolutely. You understand? So you, that's the you, person I'm going to stand in front of. You know? Yeah. Person I'm going to stand in front of. So, 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 some, uh, yeah. So, I mean, my point is uh, that is just that is just such a such a great thing that you said. The other thing that I really liked um, about what you said was um, what is it again? How can I so forget? Well, there's something that she said that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. That I was grateful that that you finding God up. for yourself. Well, it's finding God for yourself. But when you were talking about the silver ring thing, mm. you know, I sometimes get a little bit scared with um, some of the commitments that we make before God, mm. because um, it really can be very traumatic. Yeah. When um, you know, when you fail in those. And of course, you've, you're, you had 26 years, what, 12 years later. Yeah. Um, and you haven't, and that's awesome. But you said that they talked about, you know, sexual purity, but then they also addressed the issue of what if you've already messed up, yeah. you know? Yeah. What about yeah. you? And I think that's so important because, uh, and again, this is where real Christianity transcends our lists of do's and don'ts. Mm. And it gets right in there and it meets people where they're at. Uh, I had this one story that I heard once of a, of a guy who, I uh, had a atheist friend, yeah. a lady, and they befriended her. I think they, they were neighbors or something in, a, in an apartment complex. Uh, and they would hang out sometimes, and they, they kept looking for a gap to you know present her with the story of Jesus, the gospel, or somehow invite her to church. And one time they said, well, we're going to do a thing on relationships in, in the evening service. Uh, so he thought, okay, I'm going to muster up all my courage. I'm going to actually invite her to church with me. And, of course, she went. And they were sitting there, and it was a visiting pastor, and they addressed relationships and purity. Mm-hmm. But from such a hard, hectic, intense angle, it was like one of the things this pastor then did, uh, because he was talking about the effects of sexual immorality, is he took a rose, beautiful rose, perfect rose, uh, long-stemmed rose, and he sent it around the whole church. He said he wants you all to take it, pass it along, look at it, smell it, you know, feel it. And then just give it to the person next to you. And it went around the church and eventually he said, where's the rose, by the way? He sort of stopped halfway through his message and said, where's that rose? Bring it up here. And so they brought it. And you can imagine hundreds of people have now handled this rose. He takes it. It's, the stem is like half broken. Mm. Half the petals had fallen off. And with all of his religious further that he could muster, he held this up and said, now see this. 
who who of you would want this rose? Wow. And this guy, because I mean, he had a real revelation of the of the gospel of grace. He just wanted. He got mad. He got angry. Yeah. Because here's this lady now. She yeah. lives like that. She's that rose. He's trying to bring her to Jesus, and he's this guy's going. Who would want you? He says it took everything in him not to jump out of his seat and say Jesus wants that rose. Yeah. Jesus wants that rose. Yeah. And I think that's the balance for me when it comes to yeah. dealing with sexual immorality is we must never forget mm. that as much as we can mess up. That we can still come back. We can always come back. Jesus is a restorer. Mm. He's a healer. He forgives. Um, and, and I'm not just talking about once. I'm talking mm. about for the rest of your life. He yeah. will be there. Yeah. I think another thing when you say that on the flip side for all the virgin side <laughs> is is sometimes as 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 virgins and I think I've had to ask God to like seriously deal with me with that is that you become so ent- you feel entitled it's almost like a spiritual pride you understand what I mean it's yeah. a, like you carry it around and you feel oh. like well I, I'm 26 I must just tell you a story a friend of mine you yeah. know um, was a virgin you know really on fire for God but never really had gotten to a place you know like us where we like in this in this industry where girls are throwing themselves at us yeah. you know what I mean like, and all that stuff I'm just saying Not that that happened So that happened Okay Not that that happened But <laughs> the thing is You know and, uh, and and it really became Quite judgmental You know Like to To uh, to the sort of things That we'd fall into Now I'm not saying that You know Like that we were probably More tempted than him But I know that he was In a pretty safe place So I'm mm. kind of saying that yeah. But anyway <laughs> um, He um, He went on a trip After having um, After having Been uh, Been engaged Went on a trip overseas, told me the story like years later. And, um, and, and, and when he was there, he started befriending this, you know, like this lady, you know, he says before he knew, she literally came into his room, took off her clothes and got into bed. He said, bro, I don't know what happened. <laughs> well, he does know what happened. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it has not happened. He said, you know, I had, I had sex with her and literally for the whole, just think I'm like at a church conference thing and I'm having sex with this woman. I'd never had sex, you know, like before. So now I go back, you know, to my hometown. I won't say where that is. And, uh, he says, now I have this, this new thing that I've discovered. And that's all I can think about. The first is, first of all, I can't go to the sisters in church. You know, to ask for some, some, you yeah. know, um, because they know me as a sort of a person. Like I can't bring that out. Also, at the same time, the people in my community, I couldn't go around now trying to like speak to girls, you know, trying <laughs> to see how far I can get because they also know me as this person who was so, who was so full of myself and so like radical. He says, do you know that for, a, for like, for like a good six months, right? I, um, I, I hide prostitutes. What? So it was the only option. It was the only option that he had. You know what I mean? So I guess Jeez, that sort of pride working, working yeah. backwards. The one great thing that you said, um, the other day when we were together was the fact that, but at the same time, only Jesus washes whiter than snow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So as pure as you are, you are still in need of Christ. And, and do you know why? <laughs> do you know why? Because sometimes we think purity is based on our actions. Yes. Which is why I love that you said it's Jesus that ultimately makes us pure. Mm. Because when Jesus had a chance to address sexual immorality, he says, you say that if you sleep with another woman, you've, you've committed adultery. I say, if you look at her and just think and just lust after her, You've already done it. Oh Lord, I think we all. And so he internalizes it to the point where we go, yes, maybe I'm a virgin, yeah. but that is not what makes me right with God. 
Jesus is what makes me right with God. Mm -hmm. This is a special thing and I'm grateful. So in other words, it turns it into something you're grateful for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can be humble about. You can use even to inspire others. Yeah. Definitely. But not use as, as, as something, um, to stand on. Definitely. It's grace mm -hmm. that we stand Absolutely. on. Absolutely. So I want to ask him, like, I've got a, just, just a few questions, uh, before the end, the end of our show. So what about people who say, okay, cool. I haven't, uh, you know, like I will not have sex because that's going to make me unpure. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? But then where does, like, wrestling, like, I mean, have you kissed? Have you kissed? Before? Yeah, definitely. I have. Yeah, you have. Yeah. But then, where do we draw the line, even to that? Like when it comes to when it comes to like oral sex and so on. Do you want to take that, Dave? Well, I would say that. Oh, okay. You want to say <laughs> that? Go for it. Okay, yeah, cool. You go I'll, for it. I'll only speak out of experience. I, yes, I, I, I would be go able for to. It. I'm not Dave, y'all. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. Dave will give us the truth. Yeah, he'll, he'll give us. He'll <laughs> give us the roundabout. For me, I think when when I finally did, did make that decision um, to to stay away. From sex and not to, to indulge Then everything that I felt Could lead me in that direction I blocked off Like you know if it cracks like a duck It's a duck Don't mm -hmm. So things like oral sex and You know like I have a lot of people ask me all, all sorts of kind of questions Do you do this do you do that Do you allow him to touch you do you allow And it's like no you know, like because all so he's those got things, his hands tied to the back. Yeah, like it's it's a it's his. a peck. It's like a how are you doing? Oh, good to see you. Never intense. And and I think the beauty of it is 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 coming together with somebody who wants the same goal. Like I can never date a guy who who wants sex. And it's just waiting for me. It'll be a constant battle. I did that for <laughs> no, several. It will. It will. I did that for several years. It is actually emotionally draining because you know he'll tell me you don't sacrifice you don't know how to love properly and you're like mm. what are you talking about just be, and and i think for me to get out that relationship thank you jesus you've kept me it, it showed me that it doesn't make sense for me to be in a relationship with somebody who doesn't feel as strongly as i do for themselves yeah you know like it's their journey so you understand it's like if the kissing gets too hectic and he's not comfortable and he feels like he's you know, these temperatures rising, then it's like, oh, cool, let's stop. But mm -hmm. I think also not having sex at all, like you were saying earlier on, it really heightens the friendship, the relationship. Okay. That doesn't even, it's not even a factor. And you know what? And this woman right here is speaking from experience. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because like we always hear really, just so much. You're speaking from experience. You're not just saying that to try and convince no, people not at all. to do otherwise. No, you know? it must be a conviction. You yeah. don't have to do it like I did it. But I'm saying that when you have a true friendship and a true relationship and sex and all the things that come around sex are not heightened or not glorified you actually forget it and i think sometimes when people hear virgins speak or people who have decided to be pure if i could put it like that it's like it's unreal to them yeah you know it's like you saying if i've never had water trying to explain what water tastes like i what does water taste like mm. it tastes like water so for me i don't understand the urges that everybody else has i don't understand the so you can you sit in with your boyfriend for like the whole day and nothing and you're yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because it's I, like people who say you can go to a club the whole night and not drink it's like do you yeah, know what i mean i, I do that every time thing, yeah <laughs> it's like how do you actually do that so you so, so you know what i don't you know i, I don't ever want to make it seem like we we glorifying a certain way, uh, you know, mm -hmm. or that like we we we're trying to force people to you know like to do certain things. Yeah. But once again, here is someone who's experienced it. You know, if to you it sounds like, um, if it's if it doesn't make sense in your mind, mm -hmm. maybe why don't you you probably owe it to yourself to at least try. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and try it knowing that someone else did it and it kind of worked for them. And if it worked for them, chances are it would also it also work for you. Yeah. You know, Dave, another. 
another question. What about, um, I mean, like masturbation? Because, because that's not in there. Yeah, I think it's very hard for you to look me in the eye and say masturbation isn't a sexual act. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like so, a phrase straight afterwards. So, well, I mean, it's just, it's, it is a sexual act. So for me, whether it's oral sex or normal sex or mm-hmm. whether it's masturbation, I think that those are all the kind of things that God talks about when he says, reserve it for your marriage partner. That's where it's going to glorify me. Mm-hmm. That's where it's going to benefit you. That's where it's going to come you know, into its own, and that's where it's going to be beautiful. The Bible says there's a season for everything. God yeah. says he wants to make something beautiful in its time. Mm. You know, there's a time for different things. There's seasons. Uh, when you're studying, for instance, your varsity, let me tell you, uh, like for me, that's where, that's where I went off the rails was in varsity. And I used to say there's a time and a place for everything, and that's varsity. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. But you know what? You will never get those three years back to, to study and learn and get your degree. And I barely so got right. my degree because I did other things. Yeah. yeah. You know, so now I sometimes sort of think, oh, maybe it would have been cool to do my honors or to do this. And, but you know what? There's something else beautiful right now. It's my wife. It's my children. It's, it's yeah. different things. And so part of what we've been saying today is allow God to show you how to make something beautiful in its time. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, one thing that I learned that, that, well, that I learned a long time ago is that instead of having don'ts, you know, have do's. Um, there's a, there's a wonderful campaign, um, called, called Love Life. Um, mm-hmm. obviously, I mean, I don't know exactly how, how they operate, but what I like, but what I like about that is that instead of them saying don't, you know, like don't, um, whatever the ABCs, you know, abstain, condomize or. Be careful. Oh, yeah, or be careful. <laughs> they just say love life. You know, as young people, uh, there are so many things that we can do out there that will make us forget about this. You know, I don't yeah. think that, I don't think that we are emptier mm. without, you know, like without sex. Can I just say that yes and no? Yeah. I think sex is a worthy goal. It's yes, a beautiful yes, goal. thing to, yeah. to want. Yeah. You were made for it. It was made for you. Um, it's about context and timing. Mm-hmm. And I think that what I loved about what Rory said is that in in not going a certain distance with it, you help yourself not going all the way. In other words, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. You start French kissing, yeah, you start spending you know four or five hours together late at night. Uh, you know, there's just certain things that you can do to accelerate the process, mm-hmm. and you're now literally making it harder for yourself. You're setting yourself up to fail. So. Um, I also like that she said that be on the same page. And that's why I encourage people to go for relationship counseling, not just when they're about to get married. Oh, yeah. Th- that actually that conversation that you, you had uh, where, you know, you guys got that good advice. You could have had that a year before. Absolutely. And we, we encourage better. relational counseling for dating couples, pre-engagement counseling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pastor, we, we're thinking of getting married, you know, but we've got some questions. Can yeah. we come sit down with you? Mm-hmm. Sure. Let's have a meal. Let's chat about it. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Okay. Have you guys had this conversation? Have you had this conversation? How many kids do you want? Have you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I've had premarital counseling where we were a few months away from the wedding and the person says, well, I do want kids and the other one says, I don't. We're like, so what do you guys think is going to happen? <laughs> you guys talking it's about? Amazing we that we thought come, we'd work it out. Amazing you'd come all the way here, you know, yeah. just to discuss. And I think that. also just people have a, I think during dating, especially when it's like nice and we, 
you know, we meet at the coffee shop and it's nice and we go to restaurants yeah. and on dates. Um, real conversations don't come up because a lot of times people experience their relationships doing something. And not really spending time with one another and having and with real each other's families and each other's friends and what does he like when he comes home from work yeah. and he's stressed. This is how you get to know someone. Yeah. And you know, and the thing is, a lot of us, um, a lot of us don't come from from homes. You know, like we've actually yeah. seen the perfect relationship. Yeah. So I guess you know, if you want to just do this thing, if you want to just do this thing right, yeah. um, I suggest you know one does go for yeah. for the counseling that you're talking about. Just by the way, Dave is the pastor of uh, of City Life. Church in, uh, in, 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 in Lone Hill, is it? Yeah, yeah, in Lone Hill. Um, so, so you know that they do it there, okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you really, really better make your way. Listen, I, I, I really wish that we had more time to, to talk about this because it yeah. is a very interesting subject and th- yeah. there are just so many facets to it. Not only to sex, but just to the conversation. Yeah. Of it Can as I say well. one more thing? Yeah, yeah, go for after. it. For me, I think, from experience you're asking me if i would give anybody if i could sell you know like the way i live to someone um the conversations that i've had ever since people found out uh, is that a lot of people feel like they've missed out on life because they haven't had sex so if there is somebody who's listening who who has not had sex and has not experienced that there's you're not empty you're not halfway, you're not, mm. you haven't missed out on anything. Cause I think a lot of people actually tend to have sex because they feel they've been left behind. And if that's the one thing that I can say to some, whether you're holding back because you don't want kids or you're holding back because of, you know, religious, whatever the case mm-hmm. is, never allow people to make you feel less one and never allow people to make you feel like you're behind. Half the time they value us, they hold us in high esteem, but they'll never say it to your face. You know, yeah. so, and, and people tend yeah. to react because of their own failures. They'll be like, ha, ah, you didn't, it's because you, you didn't be, you were not I've able never, to do I've it. I've never heard anyone. Now you're making said, me. Listen, uh, I've never heard anyone who's actually, who's actually ever said, oh yeah, whoa, I slept with 50 guys this, you know, like yeah. this year. Yeah, that gives me status. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Because we know that and, yeah. and maybe those people have done that and I don't want to talk badly to you, but yeah. the thing is, you know that it doesn't give you status. And the fact that like, you actually yeah. do kind of admire that person who hasn't had. Yeah. It, so you know don't let I mean? anybody make you feel like there's something that you've missed out. You including know, guys including like including guys, including guys yeah. you know Your time will come you know Beauty and when and it time. comes, boy, is it going to come? Well, our time has come to an end. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to, uh, to the both of you. Um, Thank you for having uh, us. we're not live today, but please just send, um, uh, just send us your questions and, uh, we'll answer them over the course of this week. And, yeah. uh, and when I start my show next week for the questions that have been sent through, I will start answering those. I'll make it sound like it's from me, but I'm obviously going to ask <laughs> Dave to help in and for Orisang to do that. So now I've said that. So when I yeah. come back next week, I'll even be more clever. Thank you so much, everyone. <laughs> Have a wonderful week week and weekend ahead and uh, we love you this is cliffcentral.com